0: Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church, located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by...
1: Hello again, this is Pastor Chet Haney of Highland Terrace Baptist Church, Greenville, Texas. I'm so glad to be on with you again today. Our His Mighty Hand Radio broadcast features today, and podcast, by the way, features Tom Doyle, a uh, pastor missionary extraordinaire from the Middle East who has done amazing things uh, as the Lord has given him what he describes as a confidence not not so much a macho man uh, walking into the teeth of dangerous situations, but just a, a calm confidence in Christ that sort of disarms people and gives them the ability to just listen and respect Tom for uh, who he is as a person. Tom, I just appreciate you and your ministry so much and your books and just your spirit and enthusiasm for the Lord. It's actually quite contagious. I'm getting rather fired up myself sitting here listening to you today. <laughs> no and uh, I would love to hear you share a little bit about uh, the um, the female heroes of the Middle East. I know y'all have written about them recently in a new book that's just recently been published. Uh, tell me again the title.
0: Yes, it's called Women Who Risk Thank you. Secret Agents for Jesus in the
1: Muslim World. I'm sorry I haven't gotten my hands on that yet, but I look forward to reading it. Could you share with us a little bit about how God is using these – uh these heroic women in the Middle East?
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? We finally realized this uh, after 20 years of working in the Middle East. Maybe you've had one of those aha moments, Chad. Right, right. <laughs> and, and my wife, Joanne, says, you yeah, know, really, it's amazing. So many times where we go with the women that are responsive to the gospel. It mm-hmm. reminds me of the women that financed Jesus' ministry. They were at the cross. Yep. They were at the tomb. They were at right. the resurrection. They're the first ones sharing the gospel. They go tell the disciples.
1: Yep.
0: And she said, what I'm noticing is that women are the spiritual gatekeepers of the family. Wow. Reach a Muslim woman, reach the Muslim world. Wow. And I said, Joanne, we have got to write a book on that together because I've written the other ones and, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't know. I said, Joanne, your stories, we've got them. Let's write them. And so we were privileged to do this. It just came out a few weeks ago, Women Who Risk, Secret Agents for Jesus in the Muslim World, because we call them secret agents, because nobody would accept them. Yeah. They don't have the rights that men do. Right. People would think, well, they wouldn't share because their husbands might hurt them, possibly kill them. Mm-hmm. But they're brave. They, are, they remind me of heroines in the Bible, truly. Yes. Esther's. you know, Deborah's stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these, Lydia and that, so that's what we've seen, women who are, first of all, going to their family, going to their children uh, living and showing them who Jesus is sharing with their husbands, in fact it happens so much Chet, of Muslim women coming to faith in Christ first, there's an imam in Iraq that says to Muslims, it's okay for your wives to become Christians (laughs) And people went ballistic. What? What is he saying? What? Has he gone crazy? He goes, yeah. no, it's okay. It's fine for your wives to become Christians. And they said, how do you figure? And he goes, because what we see when they become Christians, they're in much better mood, and they treat their husbands better. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's all about the men, right? But wow. pragmatically, that's true. It's Isn't called that something? the fruit of the spirit, right?
1: Yeah. That's crazy cool. So Tom, I uh I heard your wife share at the conference in Tyler about the uh the poor young men who were in the orange jumpsuits on the beach, um, who were, you know, threatened and uh, ultimately executed um uh, wow. because they would not uh, renounce faith in Jesus and how their wives were just so proud of them. Could you oh. uh Talk with us a little yeah. bit about your interaction with those ladies.
0: We were so blessed to go see them in Egypt, in their villages. They live in dangerous villages. Um, you know, in the Middle East, you'll hear someone say it's a Christian village. Well, typically what that means is there are some Christians there. It's not 100% yeah. Muslim village. So they live in a Christian, quote-unquote, village. And so there's not tons of them... But I'm telling you, we went and visited the wives and I'll never forget one sweet little 20 year old widow, widow. Her husband is Lucas. He was the one that was leading the singing. He was, he, he uh, was the praise director in their church. Wow. He had a little daughter, Miriam, that he never got to meet. He never got back to see her. 20 hmm. year old widow. And she said the It shocked us. As we went to bring them gifts and pray with them and thank them and and we're honored by you. She said, you know, who am I? I'm just a person in a village that nobody's ever heard of me or the village, and I don't even know how to read. But how fortunate am I that Jesus gave me the highest privilege in the world to be married to a man that was willing to die for him? How did I get so fortunate? Mm. And Chet, we went to lift her up she elevated our faith to a new level, just hearing that. This was not just saying the right thing. She believed it.
1: She meant it.
0: She, she, she meant it. We had 2,000 letters that Americans had written and she treasured them and that she didn't even know how to read. But I'm telling you this, she had hunks of scripture hidden in her heart. She'd okay. heard them orally and she memorized them.
1: That's incredible.
0: And uh, the joy that she had uh, the mothers of the of the men that were killed were taking it harder. The wives, mm-hmm. though they were calm and peaceful, and it was hard, all of them said, "We are so honored. Think about how privileged we are. These are the saints of heaven that are going to receive a crown. They're going to throw it at Jesus' feet, yeah. but they were willing to die for Jesus." Yeah. And we found the other side of the story. As Paul Harvey used to say, "The rest of the story is." Yeah ago we'd say that there were over a hundred people that were captured by the islamic state in libya and all but 21 of them converted to islam Hmm. to save their net 21 did not Hmm. and 20 of them were from Egypt. one was from ghana he's an african he's not a believer when he was arrested but he was working with them and when they came to get the egyptian guys he said if you're coming to get them you better take me to
1: my goodness.
0: Cause I worship their Jesus now.
1: Wow. Praise and God.
0: You will see those 20 Egyptians on the beach. One African. He gave up his life too. Praise God. He's a brand new believer.
1: Praise God. Those guys are around the throne of heaven right now. Singing praises. That's of right. our Savior. Well, praise God. Um, Tom, I know that you see so much going on in this world from a very, unique perspective of missions and ministry in the Middle East. What do you see God doing right now? What what how do we interpret all this? Signs of the yeah. times, our president just bombed yeah. Syria and Sure. You know, all kinds of stuff is going on. You can't help but know God's fingerprints are on some of these things.
0: That's right. That's right. Well you know what? I look at prophecy like I look at a clock. When you look at the clock you got an hour hand. Yeah. You got a minute hand, and you got a second hand beating. yeah and for me, when I look at three major groups, it 's Israel, the church, and persecuted believers. So I look at a clock and I think of that hour hand that goes slower is Israel. Mm-hmm. it moves slower israel 's gone slower <laughs> they 've been around for a long time, yeah. And we know that God's plan is to bring things full circle, and many Jews are going to repent in the end yeah. and look upon him whom they pierce. So that's the hour hand. The minute hand is the church. And I believe that we're closing in on the Great Commission. The mm-hmm. number of languages to be translated into the Bible, less than 2,000. The number of unengaged, unreached people groups, less than 2,000. I can remember when that was 6,000 people groups. Right. I can remember where there thousands of Bible translations that needed. We have that. You have the hour hand, Israel. You have the minute hand, the church mm-hmm. beats faster. Church is growing faster, obviously, yeah. than the nation of Israel. And then the second hand that beats like this over and over. And yeah. you know what that is, Chet? That is the persecution of the believers that Jesus predicted. Because he said this, they're going to hate you because they hated me first. Wow. And Christian persecution is rising. In 2015, we were privileged to write the book um, Killing Christians, Living the Faith Where It's Not Safe to Believe. And it was called The Year of the Martyr. More martyrs in history than ever before. Oh, Since boy, that boy. year, each year there's been more. Mm-hmm. It's a march toward eternity. And the body of Christ is giving their lives for Jesus around the world. It's happening. And so you got the hour hand, Israel's in place. Yeah. The church is in place and completing its mission. Believers are willingly giving up their life for Jesus. And all three of those hands are going to meet together at 12, and then King Jesus comes back. I think we're close. Praise I think God. we're close, Amen. and I think we're sensing it. And mm-hmm. nobody knows the hour. Nobody knows exactly the time. Yep. But we know the signs, and Jesus told us to look for them. I think he's close. And so what's most important is for all of us to get it in gear. There's no time for high-maintenance Christians. We say this at Uncharted. Mm. There's no time for 50 Christians mm. sitting around whining. We got yeah. a job to do, and Jesus is coming back. That's a fact. And we have to get it. So it's um, extreme, unwavering, high risk, because every soul matters.
1: Praise God. Tom, real quickly, um, some of my listeners are no doubt uh, deeply touched and engaged by your Generosity of spirit and your words. Um, if they wanted to get involved with Uncharted Ministries, how would they do that?
0: Oh, that would be great. Go to just go to unchartedministries.com. Okay. Unchartedministries.com. We have stories there. We have opportunities to get involved. We don't post our trips due to security, but mm-hmm. you can always reach out to us and we'll let you know. Who knows? Maybe you can go and serve with us. In the Middle East, along some of the national leaders that are heroes.
1: I hope so. And then
0: also, we have another initiative. It's called I Found the Truth. truth IFoundTheTruth.com. They are high impact videos of foreign Muslims sharing their faith, how they came to Jesus on video. These will blow you away, Chad. You you just got to hear these stories. IFoundTheTruth.com.
1: Can't wait. Tom, what a blessing. Thank you so much. Uh just for your light which shines so brightly and please continue. God is using you in a great way. I'm excited to know you and uh yeah, man, I want to uh, talk with you further about maybe getting with you on one of your trips. That'd be awesome. That'd uh,
0: be awesome. That'd be well I want to come out and see you in your neck of the
1: woods Okay, with
0: all the great things happening at yeah. your church.
1: We're hoping to dedicate our new building on July the fourth. So Wow, uh, look great at tour. that. Great to have you come out. Let me show you around a little bit. Hey, Tom, would you, uh, would you voice a prayer for our listeners today?
0: Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Privilege. Lord Jesus, thank you. We don't know how long it's going to be until you come back, but we want to make every day count every day for you. And so Father, we pray that we would be in the moment, every conversation, every prayer that needs to be uttered for people lives are hanging in the balance. And you're calling us to intercede, to share the gospel, the words of life. That's the reason we're here. So, Lord, we're not a group of Christians just limping through life, barely making it. We're in the army. We're your ambassadors, and we have a job to do. So would you just awake us out of our slumber and move us forward to be faithful servants of you, Jesus, and engage and involved and reaching out because those souls uh, every soul matters they they are hanging in the balance and if we're not going to share with them who will Amen. so use this lord for your glory and i uh, just pray you bless this podcast pastor chet the church lord jesus uh use them for your glory Amen. and we just thank you for their heart for you their heart for what you're doing around the world and God, bring us together. Of all of us in Christian work and put down our egos and our logos that just come together, you can right. accomplish great things through us. And we Praise pray God. you would do that. Praise we God. in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Tom Doyle, UnchartedMinistries.com. Thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you to our listeners, as always, for joining the His Mighty Hand Radio broadcast and podcast. I'm Dr. Chet Haney, pastor of Highland Terrace Baptist Church, Greenville, Texas. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chet. Did you know that recently the Falcon X rocket celebrated its 100th launch into space? They are installing a web of satellites all around the globe, which is going to create a uh, remote, accessible, high-speed Internet network for everybody on the planet. And they have had over a 100 successful launches, which is amazing, but what's more amazing is this. They decided, uh, this is their words, if you had a pallet of cash falling down out of the sky, Don't you think you might try to catch it in some way? And so they developed a way to catch the first stage rocket booster on a ship that's about 300 miles parked in the right time at the right place out east of uh, Cape Canaveral. And I wonder, some of y'all have heard about this, but I wonder if anybody here knows the name of that ship. It's a drone ship, has no crew, it operates completely remotely, and here's the name. The name of that ship, this is a true story, is, of course, I still love you. (laughs) True story. I like that, because somehow today, on Palm Sunday, It seems appropriate to me that somebody ought to say, of course, of course I still love you. Isn't that kind of what Jesus was saying to us on the cross of Calvary? You know, last Sunday, we started a short series called Between Two Thieves. And last Sunday, we looked at the picture, a sad picture really, of rejection and honestly, of bitterness. Bitterness is a terrible thing, by the way. If you didn't know it, here's what bitterness is. Bitterness is a poison that we mix up for somebody else and then we drink it ourselves. What a shame to have a bitter spirit. In your heart, because it can cause you to do something that's just almost insane. And that is at the last minute of your life, speak bitterly toward the very one person that offers to you the hope of forgiveness and salvation and redemption. And I want to tell you, for that guy that we saw last week, it wasn't too late How do I know that? Because of the guy we're going to see this week. It wasn't too late. Today, we're going to look at the justice of the cross. Today, we're going to look at how God found just the right time and just the right place to say, of course, I still love you. The first thing I want you to see as we turn back to Luke 23, our text from last Sunday and again from today, is there is a time coming and a place where you and I will most certainly bow down to God in total humility. That time and place is coming for everyone. Everyone who's here at church this morning is going to bow before Jesus. And I'll tell you something else. Everybody who didn't come to church on Palm Sunday is going to bow before Jesus. Because the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, every knee will bow. Of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue will confess That Jesus Christ is, say a church, Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Everyone will bow before Jesus. And this is no surprise. What's surprising is that anyone would delay. That anyone would resist the opportunity to bow before Jesus and worship him. In verse 39, as we read last week, one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. Now, this is surprising. A criminal on the cross Next to Jesus, his crossmate, blaspheming, speaking with bitterness, with resentment, with hardness, with a dark, hard heart, speaking to Jesus in this way. This was surprising, especially to the other criminal, as we see in verse 40, who said, answering, rebuking him. Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Amazed at the unbelief of his partner in crime, he rebuked him. he he showed him his fault with a rebuke, which by the way, did you know, is the sign according to the scripture of true friendship. Did you hear me correctly? A rebuke is the sign of a true friend. Uh, The Bible says open rebuke is better than secret love. Don't count your friends by those who flatter. Find you a friend who will tell you the truth, and you can say with the Bible, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Amen. This man told his friend the truth. If you've got a friend like that, you ought to thank God. He said something on the order of, are you crazy? What are you thinking? Do you not fear God In this moment, in this moment, it honestly seemed insane. We're looking at apparent insanity. It looked insane not to fear God. I'll tell you this, it's always insane not to tremble before a holy God. I don't know why we would ever think we shouldn't tremble before a holy God. But to blaspheme, to complain, to accuse God, to be mad at God, we ought to ask ourselves this question. How could we, how dare we, at any moment, but especially right before you face condemnation, of all moments, to humble yourself. This is the appearance of insanity. You're about to die. You're about to face judgment. Do you think you might want to humble yourself for a moment right now and ask for mercy? Seeing, he says, you are under the same condemnation. I want to tell you something. That has a deeper aspect than is apparent just at the surface. This man had been condemned By the human justice system. But he had also been appointed to die. For every man, there's an appointment coming. It is appointed for man once to die. And then comes the judgment. And that is an appointment that you will keep. Trust me. Uh, After this, the judgment He had a sense of vision. He said, seeing that you're under the same condemnation, God has set your appointment. Most people don't know when that appointment's going to occur. Yours is obviously going to occur very soon, and it's unavoidable. This is your personal destiny. Apparent insanity, a personal destiny. Do I need to remind anyone here today That you also have a personal destiny. And you will. You will face God. And you will stand before the sheer brilliance of His holiness and glory. And in that day, let me ask you a question. Do you want to stand in your own personal righteousness, which the Bible says is nothing more than filthy rags? Or do you want to stand confidently in the blood of Jesus that day? It's coming. There's a day coming soon, personal destiny an appointment that we can't help but keep. It's also a day of pure justice. The Bible says, "We indeed justly." That is dikaios. What is happening to us is just. It is right. We're getting exactly what we deserve. What you hope for in a legal system which is never perfect, this kind this side of heaven is that justice will prevail. But I want to tell you, with God, there's no need to strike the tuning fork with his justice. Just like a perfect A note on a Stradivarius violin, God's justice is perfectly in tune, always. Perfect pitch. Perfect, pure justice. And that my friends, is um, discovered by a sense of dead reckoning here. If you'll notice, the Bible says, we receive the due reward of our sins. Verse 41b. Now here's a thief on the cross expressing some amazing profound truth in a rebuke of his friend. And he says, we're getting exactly what we deserve. You and I both know it. I know it, you know it, most of all, God knows it. This is dead reckoning. It happens after you're dead. The Bible says in Romans, reckon yourselves, therefore, to be dead unto sin and alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that amazing that we don't have to wait until we're dead to die to our sin, to reckon ourselves dead to sin? And so after this dead reckoning, there's what you could call an accurate assessment. In verse 41c, where he says, this man has done nothing wrong. And finally, somebody steps forward to tell the truth about Jesus. There had been so many people surrounding Jesus, and one by one, they stood up to testify against him. And every one of them was telling a lie. Until finally Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. And here's a thief on the cross who confirms Pilate's words by saying, this man has done nothing wrong. Do you find it refreshing in the midst of a culture full of lies? Hello, Bill Baldwin. I'm glad to see you here this morning, brother. Let's give old Bill a hand, can we? Praise God. Good to see you, Bill. Do you find it refreshing, Brother Bill, to hear a voice of truth in the midst of a culture full of lies? I want to tell you something about lies. My wife and I were bemoaning this on our way home from a little overnight vacation Thursday and Friday of this week. If people hear a lie long enough, do they start to believe it's the truth? It kind of seems that way, doesn't it? God help us. You know, there was a surprising refreshment to me that came from, of all places, the Vatican this past week, and I was so refreshed to hear this. The Vatican said this week, God cannot bless sin.
0: Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate His work in our lives
1: through...